You're listening to the Serena Hess Podcast, Episode 6. Thank you so much for taking time out of your day to just check in and hear some of these words. I hope that these stories from these women inspire you and they challenge you just to do more with your day, to do the things that you actually want to do and to pursue amazing things. Today, I get to share with you just stuff about my friend Jocelyn. Jocelyn is a clothing designer in Bakersfield, and she also just creates a lot of things. She does painting, and she makes cards from Bakersfield. And today specifically, we kind of just talk about her biggest tip for being more intentional, her biggest tips for making new friends, and just the process of what it was like from going to college in LA and thinking she'll be in the big city forever to moving back to Bakersfield and feeling stuck for a minute, but she actually invested her time. So I cannot wait to share with you this interview. It's really good. Jocelyn's awesome. Thank you for coming on the show and being my guest today. Thank you, Serena, for having me. Of course. So you, you are Jocelyn first. Can you kind of like tell us um, like your story, like how you got into creating what you do? All right, well, my name is Jocelyn Demaya, mm-hmm. and I, right now, I'm kind of doing a lot of different creative things here in Bakersfield. Mm-hmm. Um, one of one of the main things that is kind of the biggest passion project for me is just designing clothes. Yeah, and so I started because I was moving back from college. Um, I spent four years away, and then was moving back. And said, wow, I need something to do. So I actually signed up for First Friday. Mm-hmm. I hadn't made a thing. <laughs> and from, from there, I kind of put some clothing out. I also put some paintings out of my favorite places in Bakersfield. Mm-hmm. And I said, well, I'm going to see what sells. I'm going to see what people like. Um, knowing that it could totally flop and no one could like anything. Like, yeah. people could just walk by and not care at all um and I got a ton of great feedback and it was really exciting and that's kind of where it all where it all sparked Mm -hmm. and with that um on that first time I came I went out to first Friday Mm -hmm. I was approached by a couple of girls to do a charity fashion show Mm -hmm. (laughs) uh, with the current autism network so it was really exciting because it it made me feel like wow there's like something worth pursuing like Mm -hmm. there's something here Um, And that is kind of what got me started on my journey into staying in this town, getting a studio, Mm -hmm. um, and really, like, diving into the community that is here and figuring out what that is, who makes up that community, Mm -hmm. um, and all the great things that Bakersfield does have to offer. Mm -hmm. So what did you study in college then? Uh, I went to college and I studied costume design. Okay. And how, like... Where did you kind of want... Like, when did you decide that you wanted to do that? Uh, so, in high school, I was super involved in theater. Mm-hmm. I did all the plays. I was, like, drama club president when I was in <laughs> my senior year of high school. Um, and so, I actually didn't want to go to college for a long time. Mm-hmm. And then I realized that... Well, I found out I was going. Like, there was a week my junior year of col or my junior year of high school mm-hmm. where the Lord just put on my heart, like you're going to college, and I was really apprehensive. I was like, nope, 
I'm not. And he was like, <laughs> yes, you are. And so I was like, all right, well, if I'm going to go to college, I'm going to do something that I love to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I knew it was going to be creative. I knew I loved theater. Um, I loved acting, but I knew I didn't want to pursue it. And, like, yeah. if it, if your whole heart is not in it, then you're never going to have a career in acting. Mm-hmm. So, like, I didn't want that. Yeah. Um, but I love the storytelling aspect. Mm-hmm. That's my favorite part of theater. Yeah. And so I, I decided costume design. Mm-hmm. I, I started learning to sew in high school as well because I made some uh, – made costumes for our plays – and it's cool because I realize my love of character and my love of storytelling mm-hmm. is kind of the approach that I even take when I'm making clothes. Yeah. People ask me about Today. like fashion. Yeah, people ask me like, what are your fashion inspirations? Mm-hmm. What designers do you like? Um, and to be honest, I'm not really familiar with the fashion world. That's not where I came from. Mm-hmm. And so in the same way that I would like dissect a script and look for characters and figure out, okay, well, how would I dress this character mm-hmm. to really say who they are as a person, to really embody their personality and their values and them? Mm-hmm. Um, I like to put that in my clothes. So it's really fun because as I have clients yeah. and make custom clothing for them, I'm able to kind of take those skills I learned in storytelling and theater to try to make a piece that is very specially, like, uniquely created for an individual. Yeah. Yeah. That's really cool. Yeah. Thanks. What, like, after, or, like, when you were in college, where did you see yourself going, like, with that? So, initially, I thought I was going to pursue a career designing costumes for theater and film. Mm -hmm. So, I did a lot of that throughout college. I did films with a lot of, like, USC students and um, AFI students, and I realized that I, well, I had a lot of fun with it. Mm -hmm. Um, It wasn't necessarily the route that I wanted to take I felt like if I tried to pursue a career in it I felt the burnout already Mm -hmm. like before true like before totally jumping in I was like this is gonna burn me out and I never want to dislike costume yeah um and so I still occasionally do projects like last fall I worked on a project with one of my friends at CalArts Mm -hmm. um and I I do I love film I do love theater um but I just realized that's not necessarily the route that I want to take with my life Mm -hmm. um which was really scary at first to think wow I invested all this money and all this time to be a costume designer um but what I think a big turning point was when I realized that the skills that we learn in certain areas, even when we think they're really, really specific, mm-hmm. are transferable. And it's finding the ways that, like, yeah. we can use them differently. Mm-hmm. So what what was that like when you, like, kind of realized, oh, I've been here, but I don't want to do this forever. Like, when you said you don't want to feel the burnout, what, yeah. how did you feel then? Yeah, there were, there were a lot of question marks in school. I am thankful that... I kind of was, I'd say I was like wide, not necessarily deep. So Mm -hmm. I did costume for theater and film. I did it at school, like within the plays that are happening at school. Mm -hmm. But also I worked with an organization or like a program called CAP, which was a community arts partnership at CalArts. Mm -hmm. So we worked a lot in the community with kids. And so I did some like kind of community theater stuff and worked with a lot of youth Mm -hmm. and realized one of my passions was kind of 
nonprofit, like in the arts world, mm-hmm. and like how can I make a bigger impact? Like yeah. it meant so much to me yeah. to spend time with kids and let them know <laughs> that like you're worth it and your creativity is vast and exciting. Yeah, and like, how can I just build kids up? Mm-hmm. Um, because I'm so thankful. I've always had like the most supportive parents in anything that I've done, but that's just not always the case. Mm-hmm. And so to put myself in a position where I can like support kids and just encourage them and love on them and let them know mm-hmm. like do what you want to do like you can do it yeah um is really important for me and so doing doing a variety of things throughout mm-hmm. my college career I guess made me realize that there are a lot more opportunities than I thought that I yeah. wasn't pinned down to one yeah. certain thing mm-hmm. and um I actually after graduating from CalArts I had planned on coming back to Bakersfield for just a short time Mm -hmm. and then living in the Philippines for a year Mm -hmm. and then probably going to grad school for a couple years and um, studying like nonprofit management and arts administration and that type of thing. Mm -hmm. So I kind of just made these big plans and they felt right. So I was like, all right, I'm going to go with this. Yeah. And since moving back here, my whole world has been rocked and changed. (laughs) And all those plans are totally different now. Um, But I would say that I know... I know that I walked through the doors that opened. Mm -hmm. Um, And so that's... That's put me where I am. And I would just say that, like, it's... It's really important to take opportunities, even when you don't totally know where they're going to go. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm also very much like a feeling person. So, yeah, you know, when I, while I like, like to have a plan and while my organi- my, my organizer, my planner is like, mm-hmm. I try to like keep it really organized. I try to know what I'm doing. Yeah. I also know that that plan can totally change at any moment. Mm-hmm. And so just feeling it out. And, you know, feeling, finding what feels good. I'm quoting. (laughs) What's her name? Um, Adrian. But, but yeah, I think that that's been like one of the most important things is just being in tune with myself Mm -hmm. and checking in. Yeah. And knowing that like I'm in the right place because I, I keep checking back. I keep having to stop and pause Mm -hmm. and saying, did I walk through that open door? Yeah. Did I take the opportunity? Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm really excited for what is to come, and even though I have no idea what that is. Mm-hmm. How did it? How did it feel like when you realized that I might be staying in Bakersfield? <laughs> when it first you know? stopped, like what? So I was adamant that it was going to be like six or seven months in Bakersfield. Where did you think you were going after? I I thought I was going to just spend a year in the Philippines. And then after? And then either end up back like in like LA or Ventura. Mm Because while in college I I planted some roots there. Yeah. Um, But yeah, I definitely didn't see myself staying in Bakersfield. And I remember I had finished a meeting here with... I had finished a meeting with Kern Creatives, and I was in the car with my friend Amanda, who's kind of become my partner in crime Mm -hmm. in a bunch of different creative endeavors, Mm -hmm. and we had been really excited during this meeting, Mm -hmm. talking about plans that we have for the community and for ourselves, 
and it was a lot of goal setting. Mm-hmm. And she looked at me in the car and she goes, Jocelyn, we're not going anywhere anytime soon. And I looked at her. <laughs> no, but you know, I looked at her with so much excitement and with such a full heart going, I know, we got work to do here. Mm-hmm. And so the moment that I realized that I was staying here was one that was like full of so much excitement and so much joy and so much purpose Mm -hmm. that I was stoked. Like I went from being like, all right, the mission (laughs) to be here in Bakersfield for six (laughs) months, do some cool things. I did tell myself when I, when I moved back here, I said, you're only going to be here for six months, Jocelyn. So do something intentional, like be intentional with that time, Mm -hmm. leave some sort of mark. I figured it was going to be short and sweet, and then I was going to say, you know, goodbye. Mm -hmm. But I think it was that intentionality that definitely brought me to where I was, which made me say yes to opportunities like the fashion show, yes to opportunities like current creatives, like getting a studio, you know, finding finding these things and saying, no, I'm going to be intentional. And in order to do that, I have to say, like, some big yeses. Mm -hmm. Um... And, and so, yeah, I wanted to get out of here, and now I'm like, I love this town! This is the best! Bakersfield is awesome! It's full of so many opportunities! Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm really thankful for all the people I've surrounded myself with yeah. as well, because mm-hmm. that's, that's been everything. Mm-hmm. How would you recommend people to be more intentional with their time? Like, what's one piece of advice you would give them? Um, let's see. To be more intentional with your time, I I would say first, you have to kind of stop everything that you're doing, take a seat, mm-hmm. take a deep breath, mm-hmm. and ask yourself what matters to you. Yeah. Uh, we live in such a fast-paced world that we're constantly going, and so sometimes you don't set an intention mm-hmm. because you just think you got to do. You got There's so much to do, um, and I get caught up in that sometimes. Like, I, I know that I need to, you know, get my to-do list down yeah. and then accomplish the tasks mm-hmm. to check them off. <laughs> but also, I find it really valuable to take time in my week to just stop and say, why am I doing this? Mm-hmm. Why do I care? What matters to me? Yeah. And asking these types of questions, I think, is, is really important to go back to your core values and, you know, what drives you. Mm-hmm. It's really good. <laughs> I've only I've only asked one question that I had written down on here, just so you know okay. <laughs> how we're doing. We're going. <sighs> you kind of answered that one. Okay, this is a good one for you. Um, what is your biggest tip to making new friends that are actually good people? <laughs> making good friends is so important. Yeah. Um. And I think sometimes what we can get caught up in with, like, surrounding ourselves with the right people is being nervous about what others will think or being nervous about, like, our intentions and our, our motivations behind it. Um, and I think I think that what you put out is often what you receive. Mm-hmm, absolutely. So being genuine yeah. and being positive... Um, 
I know for me, what's been so important in my life recently is like have surrounding myself with people who who motivate me. Yeah. So people who are driven, like I want to be around those people. Mm-hmm. Um, people who are making plans and then executing them, like actually yeah. like doing them, mm-hmm. not just talking about it. Like I want to be around those people, and then I want to partner with them, and I want to do things <laughs> with them. Yeah. Um, and so. I'd say just get out there. Mm-hmm. Um, a big part of, I mean, meeting you, I went to a work, uh, you know, I went to a meetup where I didn't know anyone. I didn't know yeah. who was going to be there. Mm-hmm. And we we stood outside in a parking lot in the cold for 20 minutes and mm-hmm. said, wait, we need to actually sit down and, and meet and talk and get to know each other. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, it's figuring out where you want to be. And then going to those places and kind of expecting that other people like you will be there because that's where you want to be. Mm-hmm. But again, it comes down to sitting, stopping what you're doing and really thinking about that. About who you are. Yeah. Yeah. I know. So when we first met, I felt the same. I was like, okay, I don't know anybody here. Like, I don't know what's going on. Mm-hmm. I feel weird. I feel out of place. But then when you started talking, I was like, oh, I want to be that girl's friend. <laughs> like if she'll let me be her friend I'll be her friend (laughs) and so when we were talking in the parking lot I was like I want to get her phone number her Instagram's out like I'm gonna like I'm gonna sneak into friendship with you (laughs) that's how I felt so it's you know I've had those friendships in my life Mm -hmm. and it's really exciting when you meet someone and you're automatically like no, I felt like how do I be their friend? Like, yeah, yeah. there's I want to be their friend. Mm -hmm. How do I make that happen? Mm -hmm. Um. And those are some of the most special friendships in my life, for sure. Yeah. Because they they drive me and they inspire me. And I think what's important to remember, too, is that we are all doing our own things. Mm-hmm. And we're all spending our time in different ways. Mm-hmm. And having a friendship that is of great value doesn't mean that you have to see that person all the time. Yeah, no. And... I don't know, I feel like for me, every time I meet a new person who is, like, driven and excited and passionate about what they're doing, mm-hmm. it's, like, another person in the world that I get to be excited for. Yeah. So whether or not I, like, see them again or, like, get coffee and hang out with them or, like, see them at events, it's someone that I can cheer on and mm-hmm. know that, like, they're doing something important. Yeah. Um, and so when you, I don't know, when you look at people like that in the world, there's a lot more to celebrate and a lot more to be excited about. Yeah. So, you know, even if someone is not necessarily going to be like a big influential friend who you see often or have coffee dates with often, Mm -hmm. um, to get to see people and, and surround yourself with those and watch people who inspire you. Mm -hmm. I think that's really important too. Even if it's like someone who has a podcast who you've never spoken to, Mm -hmm. but to know that like there are all these people who want to like bring motivation and positivity Mm -hmm. into your life and that, you know, uh, technology nowadays definitely makes that more possible. So when you use it for good and Mm -hmm. when you use it to like fill yourself up, yeah. Um, there's a lot that, that can be done there. Mm-hmm. How do you kind of get in a place where you can cheer people on rather than, like, be envious or jealous? Like, what would your advice be? Um, I think it's about genuinely, like, just wanting wanting friendships with, with people. Um, and again, not to say that you, like, hang out with them all the time. Mm-hmm. But 
also seeing that everyone does different things. Yeah. Like, we're all, you know, we're all going to bring value in a, in a different kind of way. Mm-hmm. And we're all going to reach a different type of people. And I think when your mindset is, how can this world be a better place? And how can society and community benefit from something? Mm-hmm. As opposed to, like, what is my personal gain? How can I look better? Yeah. How can I, you know, because there are so many people who they get caught up in kind of the tasks they have to do or their role Mm -hmm. that they think like, you know, you you think so many people are watching you and you have to have things just right. Um, And the reality (laughs) is everyone has so many concerns of their own (laughs) that like when I, nobody cares that much. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) And so, you know, when, when you can like realize that, I think it it definitely like helps. Yeah, you know we're all we're all doing different things, mm-hmm. and if the objective is like like if you see someone who's like has similar values as you, and they're also trying to spread that in the world, mm-hmm. when you think like, are my goals and vision for the world being carried out as opposed to am I caring about carrying out all of it myself? Mm-hmm. Like that's it's not my job to change the world on my own like that's not that would be a ton of pressure mm-hmm. and that would suck and i would hate it mm-hmm. and you know if that was my responsibility well then that like <laughs> not poor world like and you know I, I don't want all of that responsibility so when we can share it and see that other people are also yeah doing those things i think oftentimes we forget that we can learn a lot from others as well mm-hmm you know, when we're looking at others and saying, wow, what can I learn from you? Mm-hmm. Instead of like, oh, you're doing that better than me. Mm-hmm. Like, it's like, oh, I see what you're doing. How can I learn from that? How can I apply it to my life? Mm-hmm. Um, you realize that you kind of get all this personal gain as well. Yeah. And that's cool. Like, that's exciting to know, like, oh, I can become a better person. Because I of- can, yeah, mm-hmm. because of so-and-so. Yeah. I think um, I think it's Ralph Waldo Emerson where mm-hmm. he goes, every man is my superior in some way, and in that I learn from him. Just kind of taking the approach yeah. of like wanting to learn more and like lean in when people are talking to you. Like what like what does that mean? How does that make you feel? What's going yeah. on? Like what makes you tick? Kind of thing. That's mm-hmm. an interesting. It's an interesting perspective to come from that way. Yeah, I mean, I think you can learn from absolutely everyone, mm-hmm. whether that's you know the they're doing something really well and mm-hmm. you want to do what you're doing better yeah um or if they're you know doing something and you, and you see ways it can be improved but when you kind of have that lens of how can i learn from the people around me mm-hmm. it becomes less about competition and like how can i do better and more of like wow i'm learning so much and i'm being elevated so much because yeah. i'm taking the time to like learn and watch mm-hmm. like be an observer mm-hmm yeah, very true. I like that a lot. Oh, this is a good one for you also. How do you stay inspired to create? <laughs> I, my friends inspire me to create. Yeah. Um, a big part of, you know, kind of the community I've surrounded myself with is like finding people who are constantly making work. I remember moving back to town and seeing some of it honestly seeing some of the instagram feeds of people and how often they're posting Mm -hmm. i was like how do you make so much work (laughs) like you're taking photos all the time you're making these cool creative concepts you're painting you're drawing whatever um 
Honestly, even making more work than some of my friends, like, in art school. Yeah. And part of that is because of, like, classes and yeah. time. But I, it inspired me. I was mm-hmm. like, you're working. I want to be working. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, getting getting to see the things that other people are sharing and then wanting to make things so I can also share and mm-hmm. kind of be a part of that mm-hmm. is, is what really keeps me going. Yeah. So community and friendship. Yeah. And I'd say, too, um, I... I think sometimes we get caught up in like, oh, I have to make this kind of work. I have to make this kind of work. And so, well, I I do a couple of things. Like I make clothes, but I also enjoy drawing. I enjoy Mm -hmm. painting. Um, I've been really into lino cut prints recently. So I've been (laughs) doing that. And some days I don't want to do certain projects. And so I'll just be like, well, you know, I'm going to draw. Or uh, like yesterday I made a pair of shorts. I had a couple other projects that I probably should have been working on, (laughs) but I just, I wanted to make these shorts. I was really driven to do it. And Mm -hmm. I was like, this fabric is so cute and so soft. I'm going to make some shorts. Mm -hmm. And I was really excited afterwards. I, you know, kind of had to light a fire within me again and by doing a fun project. Mm -hmm. And so I'd say that's what keeps me going too, is when you don't want to do a project, Mm -hmm. sometimes just switch it up. Do something you want to do. Continue to create, but do it in a different way. Mm -hmm. I also, like, I love being in the kitchen. I love baking. Do you really? I do. I love baking. <laughs> so, you know, sometimes I'm tired of being in my studio. So I'm like, I'm just going to spend the day at home. I'm going to bake. Mm-hmm. I'm going to make some scones. I'm going to cut some rosemary off the bush in my backyard and I'm going to, you know, make scones with it. Mm-hmm. So it's just finding ways to continue to create and do it. Like there's a variety of ways you can do it. Mm-hmm. Um, so sometimes, yeah, just do something for fun yeah do yeah. things for fun yeah yeah well it, like it sounds like like taking mental inventory of like okay how am I feeling okay mm-hmm. what am I what would I like to be doing like when you do your baking yeah so like I don't know how how do you take mental inventory of like how do you assess how you're feeling or things like that you know every time somebody asks me like hey Jocelyn how are you which Clearly, it happens daily. Oftentimes, people will, like, not think that I'm good because I, I take a pause and I genuinely think about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're like, you hesitated. Why did you hesitate? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, you asked me how I was doing. So I stopped and I thought, Jocelyn, how you doing? <laughs> I checked in with myself because it's that's a really great way to be reminded like when other people ask you how are you doing Mm -hmm. to really stop and say hmm how am I doing you know Mm -hmm. and to think about it Mm -hmm. so I know for me that's something that like I genuinely listen to that question when I hear it Mm -hmm. and when it's asked when did you start doing that (laughs) I don't know maybe like two years ago Mm -hmm. it's yeah it's just something that did someone did like inspire you to do that or did you just think <laughs> no I think one day someone just asked me how am I doing and I like stopped and actually thought about it and they're like what and I was like no I just it was good to think about it mm-hmm. sometimes I don't think about it I'm going so fast I'm like doing this and then doing that and then having to run here and having to go there but to say how, how am I doing like mm-hmm. it's good to think about and oftentimes the answer is like you know today's been pretty all right and and I am pretty optimistic, so mm-hmm. I do like to see the positive things and like not focus or dwell on the negative. Mm-hmm. And so, typically, things are good. Like, but 
it's also nice to hear that question and then for me to kind of reflect and say like this good thing happened and that good thing happened and almost just to take inventory on the blessings in my life and what mm-hmm. I'm grateful for yeah to then give the honest response of yeah I'm doing pretty well mm-hmm. um whereas a lot of people say I'm good without thinking yeah yeah I do that all the time. Yeah. I'll do it. I'm I've definitely good. done it. I'm good. <laughs> or sometimes, have you ever been like, I'm good. Wait, actually, no, that was a total lie. Today has been rough. Yeah. You know, and I think we've all done that too. But to take that opportunity when people say, hey, how are you? To kind of do like a little quick check. Mm-hmm. Like a little pinch. Like, mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like, hmm, let me think about it for a sec. Mm-hmm. So... How have you used Instagram for your business? (laughs) Instagram for my business. Um, Instagram has been really fun. Mm -hmm. Honestly, at first, I kind of didn't want to have to jump into that game. I was never really posting on my personal... It just it kind of felt like a chore. Yeah. And then I <laughs> I realized like, no, this is how marketing works now. And it's actually really cool that it's how marketing works because mm-hmm. it's free. Yeah. I can do it. Um one of my favorite things about it is just like the interaction and the response that you get. Mm-hmm. Um I've definitely found a lot of like excitement within my stories yeah and just being real because you know on your on your main instagram page you have all these like curated images and it looks really nice and Mm -hmm. you have these thought out captions (laughs) which is good and i think people definitely look for that but it's where they get to know you in your stories and when you can be silly and i found some of my like most responded to Stories are the ones of me doing the most mundane, everyday things that anyone can relate to. Mm-hmm. Like, I sat in a chair, a spinny chair, and, like, spun around for a bit. Yeah. And I think my caption was just, life's too short to not spin around in chairs. hmm And I think I got, like, a dozen responses of You're people like, being like, yes! <laughs> You're like, I'm literally just And I'm like, literally, why do you care? <laughs> and... I literally got a bunch of videos of people spinning in chairs. They're like, you're right. This is great. (laughs) And it's those kind of funny, sweet moments where you realize, wow, even in the most, what I thought was mundane, like this added value and like made some people smile today and made them take life a little less seriously for 10 seconds as they spun in a chair and like it elevated their day. Mm -hmm. Um, So everything from that to just being goofy and kind of allowing people to come in along with the journey yeah um and getting to know you because what's interesting about instagram is through stories and through getting to know people Mm -hmm. you like you almost like have these like instagram friendships and you feel like someone's like one of your best friends you're very invested uh into (laughs) what's going on and the stories kind of allow you to share things as they're happening Mm -hmm. so it's almost like oh what's next What's next? Like, I broke... Well, I didn't break my sewing machine. My sewing machine was having a time one day. It's a little temperamental. <laughs> like a woman. Yeah, really, like a woman. And I was just like, hey, guys, like, I don't know what's going on with my sewing machine. And I started taking it apart, and I, like, shared that. Mm-hmm. And literally, like, later on that week, I was walking down streets, and people were like, hey, Jocelyn, did you fix your sewing machine? Yeah. Oh. And it was just funny because you know people want to know they're like well you 
I knew, knew part of it. It was like a cliffhanger. Mm-hmm. Um, so getting to, <laughs> to go through those silly journeys that are just real life mm-hmm. are really fun. Yeah. Um, and even like I hosted a scavenger hunt a couple weeks ago and I was showing all the prizes that all these local businesses had donated and I like lifted up this beautiful plant hanger I don't know uh-huh. if you saw this one no um and I was like this is this is by my friend Anne and literally just fell out of my hand and like you hear the pot like was it hit alive? the floor it wasn't alive no <laughs> but and I thought it broke and and everyone thought it shattered into a million pieces and I was like, oh my goodness, and I'm so sorry. <laughs> and, and like, you know, the, and I posted it. And then I posted another one. I'm like, you guys, it didn't break. We're good. <laughs> We're all right. We did it. Um, but, you know, it's those moments of being totally real mm-hmm. that people are like, oh, you're a real person. Mm-hmm. Like, I relate to that. Yeah. Because, like, how many times do we, like, I don't know, trip when we're walking up the stairs or, like, wiggle a key because we can't open a door or just these silly things that happen to everyone every day yeah because we're not robots because we're not these perfect <laughs> beings we're human mm-hmm. um and it's just nice little reminders that make everyone a little bit more relatable mm-hmm. so stories have definitely been um one of my favorite parts of of interacting with people yeah because they've connected with me or they've connected me to a lot of people that I'm friends with now Mm -hmm. um, because they're just kind of silly and real everyday things. Mm -hmm. So how do you, how do you like be more genuine on stories or more real? You know what I mean? Like practical. Yeah. Um, you know, I used to do a lot of takes on my stories. I used to be like, oh, this was not good enough. (laughs) I've just learned to embrace, embrace whatever happens. Yeah. So... You know, if I'm doing a story and I'm trying to explain some information and it's not just right, I'm like, well, I said, I said it. (laughs) It's enough. It conveys what it, and I think when you get to that place too of realizing, kind of going back to what we said earlier, like people don't actually care that much. Yeah. People aren't actually looking at you. Oh my gosh. As much as you think. Yeah. Like nobody cares. And when you can humble yourself to that point of being like, you know what? There's probably going to be a bunch of stupid pictures of me out there. Mm -hmm. There are going to be times that I am Mm tongue-tied and say things wrong. But whatever. Like... I know. Yeah. When you realize that... Because that happens in real life. Like, if I'm sitting and talking and having a conversation Mm -hmm. with someone, it doesn't all come out super eloquent. Yeah. And getting over that... Like, I used to really hate having my picture taken to you. Yeah, I'm like, I'm not a model, don't want to do that, we don't need photos. And now, I'm like, like, well, I realize, like, oh, wait, it's good for business, it's good, like, people want to mm-hmm. get to know me, and they want to see me, they yeah. want a face to, like, who's designing these clothes, and so I was like, oh, I should probably do that, and so I'm really thankful for a lot of my photographer friends mm-hmm. who have helped me kind of come yeah. out of that shell, and helped give me some confidence, but then I've also realized, like, you know, it's all right, like, all my photographer friends have photos of me, and I, I've seen them edit. They get really close. They see every pore. They see every blemish on your face. They see where your makeup is smeared. They see, you know, and that's You're just like, life. They, like, fix it. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, oh, thanks. And, you know, when you when you get over that and say, you know, 
I don't really care if people see all the pores on my face because you know what? Reality is there are all these pores on my face. Mm-hmm. Like, it's it's just easier. Like, life kind of becomes easier because you don't have to have this... You don't have this crazy standard for yourself that is completely unrealistic. Yeah. And you realize, like, oh, I'm a human just like everyone else is a human. And we all get that. Mm-hmm. So... So that's, I think, how you become more genuine. Yeah. Accepting yourself. Yeah. You're a human and mistakes happen and you have pores. Yeah. (laughs) And to laugh at yourself too. Yeah. It's so good to laugh at yourself and say, well, I sounded dumb, but whatever. (laughs) I know. When I do like talking Instagram stories, Mm -hmm. I feel like the, like the thumbnail of what it looks like when someone responds, it's always like like the most ugly. Yeah. You're like, but Megan Stevens. It's in a sequence. So it's like telling a story. So you can't not have them like, oh my gosh. But it's like, nobody cares. Yeah. Literally. Yeah. Sometimes they respond and I'm like, oh, I do not like you in that picture. What a weird (laughs) angle. (laughs) People are like, ooh. But nobody cares. Yeah, no, and once you start to laugh at that, you're like, hey, look, look at I this. do look dumb. Yeah, <laughs> yeah embracing it's, it that. becomes fun. Mm-hmm. It's like, look how dumb I look. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Let's all laugh at this together. Yeah. <laughs> so I think I have two more questions. Okay. This this one is good. Um, what does self-worth mean to you? I feel like a lot of people have different perceptions of that. Definitely. Um, Self-worth. Well, so kind of going back to, like, if I can talk about junior high a little bit, Mm -hmm. I felt like nothing. I felt really low. Like, it was was a rough time. And I know a lot of people can relate to that, but... Mm -hmm. um, it's, it's crazy to look at the transformation mm-hmm. and to look at, like, where I've been in my life and how low I felt at times and how kind of unworthy or um, even, like, kind of unlovable in ways or just, like, incapable mm-hmm. that, that I have felt at points in my life. Um, and to kind of look back at that little girl and say, no, like you can do it. You are enough. You are worthy. Like you work really hard and you deserve, you know, to, to reap the rewards of that. Mm -hmm. And these things that you're working hard for, like keep doing it because you are going to see fruit from that. Um, so kind of looking at where my life has been in the last couple of years and what, what is self-worth I think it's about looking at myself and saying, Jocelyn, what what do you want? Mm-hmm. Like, what do you want for yourself? What do you want for the world? What do you want for the people around you? Um, and if I can look at my life and and say that I'm pursuing those things, like I, that's where I find so much worth and so much value. Mm-hmm. Um, and realizing that trying is enough. Mm-hmm. And we all, I think we all have these desires of kind of the people we want to be. Yeah. And we, it can either be a fantasy of like, oh, this is the person I aspire to be. Or it can be actions and it can be like, all right, how do I become that person? What steps can I take Mm -hmm. to be that person? And along the way, we find that sometimes we have these desires for who we want to be that 
they're like kind of our desires, but at the core, they don't matter to us that much. And I think we shed those things off. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's okay. Yeah. Like, you know, from really simple things that don't actually matter. Like, I know sometimes I think like, man, I wish I was a movie person. Like, I wish I knew more about movies. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the day, like, I never watch movies because I can't get myself to, like, sit down for two hours to watch them. <laughs> and, like, that's okay. You know, but I think through life we we start finding these things that, like, do bring, like, do bring us a lot of joy. Like, yeah. genuine joy. Not just, like, oh, I'm happy doing this. This is fun. Mm-hmm. But these things that we do and we feel fulfilled. Mm-hmm. We're like, wow. That, this, this matters to me. Yeah. I care about this. So... You know, if it's, like, inviting people into my studio. Like, I really, I care about... One of the things that I really value is just creating spaces that are welcoming and inviting mm-hmm. and, like, full of love. Mm-hmm. Lots of love. And so, when I can invite someone to my studio and they say, wow, like, this just feels so bright and so great. Like, I love the feel here. Mm-hmm. That brings me a lot of joy and excitement. <laughs> um, and, like, that's the space that I want to create for myself to work in. Mm-hmm. I wanted to circle back a little bit because yeah. um, we're talking about what does self-worth, self-worth mean yeah. to you. And then, but you, you mentioned something that you felt really low, like in mm-hmm. junior high. Why? Hormones and body changing and different, th- like, I don't know, growing up and what, all the weirdness that comes with, with adolescence. Mm-hmm. And so, um, I think that was a big part of it. And because... I think of my lack of a relationship with my dad Mm -hmm. um, and also not having a relationship in the Lord at that time. I didn't, like, where was I supposed to find my value? Like, Mm -hmm. I was seeking it, but I just felt, I was like, what's the point? Mm -hmm. Why? And, you know, before, like, you find your worth in the Lord, then what are, I don't know, like, what are you doing? Yeah. Like, and I, and I sought it in all the wrong places. Mm-hmm. Like, I had bad relationships with, not even relationships, I just had, like, weird things with boys trying to get attention, because mm-hmm. I wasn't getting it from my dad, I felt, and, mm-hmm. like, I was taking advantage of a lot, and, you know, that was a huge part. I was just, like, seeking worth and seeking value in all the wrong things Mm -hmm. the reason that I I felt low in in junior high and kind of through adolescence and Mm -hmm. I didn't know what my worth was was because I didn't know where to seek it I didn't know where to look for it I didn't know where my values lied Mm -hmm. and you know if you don't know your values if you don't know what matters to you then like how are you going to find worth Mm -hmm. because what are you going to be doing Mm -hmm. Like, you need to figure out what matters to you in order to find self-worth because, you know, when, once you do, once you know that, you're going to be driven. Yeah. You're going to have a purpose. You're going to feel like there's a greater calling mm-hmm. and something worth fighting for. Yeah. And if, if you don't have that, if there's nothing worth fighting for, then you you probably can't, like, really feel all that you're worth because you don't know why you're worth something, Mm -hmm. you know, but when you can step back and say like, okay, well, what are my values now? How do I accomplish that? How do I do something in this world to kind of push my values out into the world Mm -hmm. and to spread that? Then, 
you can do it and you find worth in that. Yeah. Yeah. I think for some reason, I feel like a lot of people don't feel worthy, but then we don't have a concrete definition of what worth is. And so I think that uh, just showcasing what it means for different women will help people understand what it is for them. Mm -hmm. And I think it is different for everyone. It is. Yeah. Um, and I, looking back at, at values, those are different for, for everyone, which mm-hmm. is exciting. That's, that's okay. Which is so exciting because if we all have this, like, exactly the same values, like, you know, when we have our, our core values, we have the ones that are the most important to us mm-hmm. that we really focus on as we're living our lives. Yeah. Like, community is so, so, so important to me. Mm-hmm. And, and I love bringing people together. But that can't be everyone's core value because then there are a lot of things we're missing. Mm-hmm. There's so many important things that we need to touch on. And so kind of self-reflecting and looking at what matters to you as an individual, knowing that you have to further that cause. Like mm-hmm. if there's almost, there's a little responsibility in that. It's mm-hmm. like, okay, that matters to you. Then do something with it. Yeah. You can't just say it and then never again. Think yeah. About like it. don't be complacent about it. <laughs> like do it. Mm-hmm. Um, just get started, like find something to do to like further that cause, whatever that cause may be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, that leads into the next question. The final question. What, what is your biggest piece of advice for someone wanting to start out in their creative pursuit? Um, for someone wanting to start out, whether it's creative or you don't consider it creative, like, just do it. Like, take the first step. Um, it often seems daunting when you're looking at a million things that need to happen. Mm-hmm. But it, I think it's about taking that first step mm-hmm. and knowing that, you know, you may have to backtrack at some point. You may have to you know, look back and and change some things, but until you do it, until you make a move, nothing's going to happen and you're not going to see anything. And so, um, I say accountability, (laughs) my stomach. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I would also say that accountability is really important. Mm -hmm. So one thing that I do is I like, whenever I feel something is important to do, Mm -hmm. I'll tell someone. Yeah. Sometimes that's scary because it's like, all right, well, I got to keep my word. Like earlier, earlier this year, I had said, you know what? I'm going to run a half marathon this year. <laughs> and now I've said it on a podcast. So I am going to run a half marathon. Um, now I'm really going to be held accountable. <laughs> I'll let you know when that happens. Okay. Um, but you know, when you when you say things, there's something about like, all right, well now I wanna keep my word. Mm-hmm. Like I do wanna be a person of my word. Mm-hmm. And so it's good to have people around you who you know will bug you about it. Like I've had friends say, like, Oh, I'm gonna I think I wanna like make a book. Mm-hmm. And so I'm like, Oh, that's a great idea. I'm gonna keep bugging you until you do it. Mm-hmm. And they're like, Thanks, Jocelyn, keep bugging me. Mm-hmm. And you know, I think we need those people in our life. Yeah, we do. Who, you know, maybe maybe it's once a month or, you know, maybe it's, like, every time they see you. Mm-hmm. They'll be like, hey, so, you know that thing you told me you were going to do? Have you done it? Yeah. Um, and sometimes that can seem frustrating or annoying, but those are the best people in your life. Mm-hmm. The ones who say, like, 
all right, you said you were going to do this, so do it. Mm -hmm. Those people who want to see you succeed and want to see you do things. Yeah. So I'd say, yeah, go and just take that first step. Mm -hmm. And if you don't know what that first step is, just go tell somebody your big plan Mm -hmm. and tell them, hey, keep bugging me until this happens. (laughs) Yeah. You know? Yeah. No, that's, it's really good. It's scary telling people though, the different things. It is. And you have to know who to tell. You have to tell the right people. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, because if you go tell that person who you know is the most pessimistic person yeah. who's going to, like, poop on all your ideas, you're yeah. just going to be discouraged. Like, don't do that. Don't tell them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They're not the first ones you should tell. But, like, go tell someone who you know that you trust, mm-hmm. who is going to encourage you. Yeah. Um, yeah. Find that person in your life, your accountability buddy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's all I have for you. Where can people find you if they want to learn more about you? Um, so if you want to learn more, you can check out my website. It's jocelynshares.com. Um, and there you can find um, my social media, my YouTube, um, everything. Everything else. Hello, hello. What do you think of the show? Didn't Jocelyn have some great answers to those questions? Every time I talk with her, I swear she spreads around positivity and light. I don't even know how that's possible. Anyways, if you like this podcast episode, could you do me a big favor? Could you leave us a review on iTunes? It helps other people find the show, and I just want this to be one big happy party. So thank you so much for listening, guys. Until next time, keep pursuing the thing that excites you and scares you. Bye-bye.